and welcome back to the Simple Politics Podcast. We've survived January. Woo! Hooray! <laughs> Some subdued reactions there from Tatn and Diane. You're not happy We've to been have... beaten. We've been beaten up by January. Like, we're, we're just kind of crawling in to February. Yeah, we made it. You we wait, made it to you February. wait how enthusiastic we'll be next week. <laughs> okay, okay. Got to recover from January. Yeah, so here we are. The shortest month, but a leap month. There we go. Oh, Those God, are the kind yeah, of forgot about facts that. you want yeah. from... We have a by-election on a leap day, and I tried to find mm. out if there's ever been an election on a leap day before, and I couldn't find it. So, listeners, if you are someone who knows that, please let us know. Uh, <laughs> it seems unlikely. It seems unlikely. Uh, so, yeah. Welcome to February, everyone. Um, especially to our Patreon backers who have just had a bonus monthly episode of January. And if you join our Patreon for as little as £3 a month, you get all sorts of things like the podcast a day early and without ads, but you also get our monthly bonus episode. Who knows what it will be about in February? It will be about It'll elections. be about elections. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we then, all know. We all know what the monthly <laughs> podcast is about. <laughs> we do. That's Keep on top of your election. We don't know what we'll chat. say about it. Hmm. Yes, more in-depth stuff. But let's move on to the first section of the podcast. Uh, And this is where we look at the top posts of the week. Tatten, what's been our third most popular post of the week? Well, our third most popular post of the week is something of an experiment for us. We are in an experimental mood here at SP. We're going to talk about that quite a bit later because we'd love to know what you think because you, are our, our, our lovely listeners, are really important to us and your opinion really matters. We had two stories come in the other day. One was uh, about food prices creeping up because of some Brexit stuff that's just happened. And the other was about council tax. And rather than doing two separate posts, we rolled them into one. And uh, people seem to like that format because um, we just put it, they're both cost of living posts. And yeah, we put them together and people seem to really engage with them. The, the food prices thing is because it was four years since we left the EU. And because that's when some more checks were due to come in. And like products are listed is uh, low risk, medium risk and high risk. And like apples and tomatoes are medium risk. I know that because uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg uh, held up uh, an apple on GB News on his GB News show and said how ridiculous it was that the apple is a medium risk. He said, this isn't a threat. Um, and I think in doing so demonstrated his understanding of industrial. Has he not industrial. seen Snow White? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the whole of the country falling asleep, waiting <laughs> for strangers to kiss them. I mean, that's that an odd turn of events. <laughs> Princes would be in high demand uh, on the NHS. Come back, um, Harry. <laughs> Your country needs you. <laughs> we did need that spare after all. Yeah. Come on over. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, so, but we don't know really what the impact's going to be. If there are more checks, it slows things down, which makes things more expensive. So it's likely there will be some cost impact, but we're only like two days into this now. So, so no one really knows how that's going to go. And the other cost of living story was, uh, council taxes are going up because, 
uh, council will go bust. And because when things are tight elsewhere, we speak about this so frequent in this podcast, when things are tight elsewhere, certain services like the NHS and, and, and social care, which the councils pay for, becomes incredibly expensive. And councils are only allowed to raise their council tax by a certain amount. And that's been under inflation so they haven't been able to keep their income up with inflation and they they have unprecedented need for their services so if your income goes down and your expenditure goes up you're in trouble and that's why a lot of councils are in trouble right now so lots of stuff going on in that one post but diane what was our second most popular post of the week Second most popular post of the week. Oh, this is a fun one, isn't it? So um, this is from The Weekend. Um, this is from Laura Kunzberg talking to lots of different pockets of people. So, you know, people who would normally vote Conservative, people who would normally vote Labour, people who would normally vote Other, a cross-section of people basically asking them, if any, you know, if anyone could be prime minister, who would you like it to be? Doesn't have to be an existing politician. I think that's really important. And um, I didn't watch this live, but I've watched it back and I've watched some clips and it's really interesting. <laughs> so names that were thrown about were Carol Vorderman, because she's quite political and quite on stuff at the minute, isn't she? Um, Alex Ferguson, which is an old one, but clearly, uh, you know, someone talked about the authoritativeness of... Uh, you know, of, just of imagine being a rebel. Just imagine <laughs> being a rebel in uh, Alex Ferguson's uh, <laughs> government. In the hairdryer <laughs> treatment. Terrifying. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then someone mentions Martin Lewis and it's like a domino effect. Everyone wants Martin Lewis, money saving experts, to be PM. But it wasn't just because because all the different pockets, as yeah. you described them, several groups, they all independently came up with Martin Lewis. It was mm. I was I, I do watch it live every week, and it was incredible the the frequency. Everyone agreed. Yeah. Like as soon as all the groups, they would mention names. Lord Sugar was another one that was mentioned. As soon as as soon as. Martin Lewis was mentioned. Everyone went, oh yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Definitely Martin Lewis. And his, his whole brand, his whole, it's about trust, isn't it? And he mm. does a great line in being on your side. Let me, let me help you get less credit card debt. You know, are you paying too much? I, you know, and he's a bit also almost like fighting the system a little bit because he knows the ways around things he can explain stuff that's really complicated you know and that's very much feels like he's on the side of the people doesn't it it's um it's definitely his kind of his how he comes across but do you want me to um read you what he said so when he found out about this because i think this is really oh i haven't heard this or you'll have a lot to say about this tatton so (laughs) he, he was told that he was, you know, the, the fave on, on Koonsberg. Mm. And he's written on Twitter, that's flattering, thank you kindly. I'd rather wire my nipples to electrodes, he said. <laughs> then he says, <laughs> <laughs> the system is overly adversarial. So that's his reason. Ooh. He said it's structured with an official opposition designed to oppose for the sake of it. Few can thrive in that environment, I believe in public service, but my mental health isn't robust enough and I wouldn't subject my family to it. I do admire politicians of all sides who try. Most I meet are actually trying to do good. But in the end, you have to play the system and be incredibly mentally robust. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, good insight there, which we expect from him. 
Mm. But, but, but when it, I mean, I remember Money Saving Expert just being a place you would go for pizza vouchers. Yes. Just you know, like, like it was just, just yeah. yeah, the website, you go to the website, oh, I'm going to Pizza Express, I'll get some free doubles. Because he'd, he'd have links to all the vouchers that there were out there. And then he just, it, like, it, I, I presume it always had the uh, the other side of things. But, but that was what most people would go to it for. And then he's just expanded to be this guy that everyone trusts and mm. uh, clearly everyone loves. Yeah. yeah. Trust there is absolutely who, the key word. Yeah, trust. Mm. Who knows where SP will be in 10 years' time then? If pizza vouchers. <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> Simple pizza. <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do a reverse money-saving expert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's a, it's a valid way to go. Definitely. Uh, we'll talk about that at our next strategy meeting. Great ideas coming out here. Uh, Tatton, what was our most popular post of the week? Our most popular post of the week was a, um, was, was a strange one because on Sunday I got a press release at uh, like 10 in the morning and it said this evening at 10.30, so you can't tell anyone until 10.30. And it was a big news story. And it just made me think about the duplicity of news because everyone at every newspaper on every news website knew yeah. this was coming and then didn't say anything until 10.30. Now I go to bed very, I, I, I go to bed very early because I'm just tired and done with life by nine. So I wasn't, I didn't see till the next day, but all my news apps pinged at mm. 10.30 yeah. on the, du- mm-hmm. with this story. And it's, I mean, obviously it doesn't work. You know, if the country was going to war, you couldn't have an embargoed press press release or whatever. But it's it's an odd thing where everybody knows, but we can't tell anyone about, about a story. Anyway, the story was that disposable va- vapes are going to be banned, which is going to be absolutely huge because if you walk down any high street now, the number of shops that are clearly making a huge proportion of their profits from disposable vapes is really high. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, children are using them and children are getting hooked on nicotine. And children, I mean, you know, the children shouldn't be using disposable vapes. They're terrible for the environment. And you can get non-disposable vapes, mm. which have a huge range of flavors as well. Uh, fla- the flavors are an issue because, you know, like watermelon and whatever is mostly aimed at children. So it kind of, make, kind of makes sense don't let children have like just just stop the whole disposable thing keep vapes available so adults can use them to get off smoking for one thing but also because consenting adults should be able to do whatever they want so both reasons but also stop kids from make them less attractive to kids and plain packaging like you have with cigarettes mm. don't put them next to sweets i've never seen them next to sweets but that's a big thing about how they can't go next to sweets it's like but that that's not how they're doing it now. Anyway, no. that's the policy. I said as soon as I saw the press release, this isn't a very conservative thing to do. Mm. Banning stuff isn't small C conservative. So I felt it was going to have trouble from the Conservative Party. And actually, there were, it hasn't had that much trouble. I mean, Liz Truss has, 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 has mouthed off against it. But then, you know, you expect her to do that. So it's, it's, it's gone down quite well with, with his party and with the Labour Party and with everyone else. They're doing a bit of a consultation at the moment. 
They're expecting legislation to go through. I think it'll come in in March, April time. It'll it will be in place before the general election. Mm-hmm. What won't be in place before the general election is the smoking ban, which will stop people from ever being allowed to smoke. So if you're 14 now I think it is you will you won't be able to smoke ever they're going to creep the age gra- category up that's less popular because there was I've seen more than once on politics live um the BBC2 politics show at lunchtime which I watch every day people saying the idea of a 31 year old having to ask a 32 year old to buy them a pack of cigarettes is ridiculous I think the counter argument to that is yeah sure but once you work your way through the ages, mm. which will take a long time because people take a long time to get old, right? Um, <laughs> you will. I was listening to a podcast about how the economy works um, with Tim Harford. It's really excellent. And he's saying his nieces have just been born mm-hmm. and they will be 78 in the year 2100. Wow. So they will be, and it was about pensions and what will their pension look like when they get to 78. But it's like, that's how long people take to get old. (laughs) You know, this policy will still be going through in the year 2021, Mm. I I, I can't even say the number. So so you will have 85-year-olds asking 86-year-olds to buy them, to to get them smokes or whatever the maths is, which is... um, but that's the idea. It goes through. And also, if you're banned and you know you'll never be able to legally buy cigarettes, f- many fewer people will be buying them. Mm. Yeah. So, you, so you wouldn't get many 32-year-olds asking a 33-year-old to buy them yeah. cigarettes. And, you know, I have to say challenge the badges that the supermarket staff will have to say challenge 72 <laughs> rather than 25. Um, so... Or it's it's all about public health, and and it's and Rishi Sunak is certainly talking about it as an example of taking brave and bold and radical solutions to look after the country, and that's something he will be leaning into f- over the election. So that that I mean that was a very big, very popular story, wasn't it? Mm. Got lots and lots of people talking. So. Fantastic. Um, um, we love that because we love talking to you. And that's what the second stage, second stage, second section of the podcast is all about. Oh, you're so smooth. You're so smooth. So smooth. So smooth. I'm fully awake. It's the mailbag. So this is, you insist on doing this in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not normally awake until at least 2 p.m. It's the mailbag where we answer your questions. There's a very questions. small middle bit of Venn diagram between when Charlotte and me are both <laughs> awake at the same time. It's really very tiny. Right. Your questions. We have some cracking questions today. I never say cracking. I don't know where that came from. Okay. Let's just get on with it. Laura has asked, period poverty. It's risen from 12% to 21% in less than a year. So why is that not spoken about? Why does it feel like people don't care? I'm thinking, this is Laura, it's because periods are still a taboo subject. I read a charity called A Bag for Flow. We give out free period products and we have found the need double. Who wants to take this one? We spoke about periods relatively recently. Um, I think it is still a taboo subject. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, it's becoming increasingly talked about in sport 
women cricketers, women tennis players who are expected to wear white can often feel very, very anxious around their period. And it's nice that there are those conversations. Emma Barnett wrote an excellent book called Period that I would highly recommend. But these things are still very much the fringes. I think I think talking about about periods is is taboo. I think I, I saw an advert on TV for um uh forgive me uh pads and it used red liquid rather than the blue liquid that they mm. always they used to have blue used liquid to, to show yeah, how how absorbent absolutely. it was. Yeah, and I thought it was a really good change to have red liquid because that no one's period is blue. I think it was Tina Fey in her autobiography said when she got her first period, she panicked because (laughs) it it wasn't blue. (laughs) 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 But that's why it matters, Um, you know? Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I agree it's taboo. I mean, obviously, Laurie are doing a great job with a, a bag for flow. Why has it risen and isn't spoken about? I'm not sure about Diane. Have you got uh, any ideas? Well, I think the last time we did speak about it, Tatan, that you mentioned was when the government made a decision to cut the VAT on period pants, the, you know, the washable, reusable period pants, as well as sanitary products. But there is a problem still with that in the consumer isn't seeing that much of a difference in that VAT cut. And so that's potentially some of it, but it does feel like this is also a price point thing, a cost of living thing a little bit. And I do wonder if we, if we had, I don't know, I just, I do wonder about the makeup of parliament and maybe that this isn't such an issue, you know, because of the, just the balance of the House of Commons, you know. But two of our last four prime ministers have been women. Mm. For very short time. I don't think for, we saw a change. Yeah, for a very short time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I, think that, I think that there are women in high-powered positions. There are, but the balance and, of power is still very much male. Mm, yeah. Mm. And I think that's certainly felt. Yeah. In things like... Yeah. I, I mean, it came out in, in things like the COVID inquiry where people... You know the yeah, it did. It did. hugely. It did. Yeah, people they they weren't thinking yeah. about how this mm-hmm. would affect women in particular. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Matt Hancock and uh, Dominic Cummings were particularly yeah. labelled as misogynists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's a there's a whole realm of things behind it, Laura. But you know, we'll speak about it if we can, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know. I think, can I just, can I just, uh, one last thing from me on this yeah. is there are questions, why is it not spoken about? And I think it is right about the taboo is that people mm-hmm. are happy to go, go into a shop and take a photo of Lurpak and the 17 pounds kind of label underneath it. People do post that. And there is certainly, I think, a hesitation, a reticence from people mm-hmm. to, to take, to make that kind of noise about the price of sanitary things. Mm. Definitely. Okay, Matthew has asked, is Keir Starmer's lack of policies going to start damaging him as we get closer to the election? It feels like he's happy just getting the protest vote. Oh, I want to take this one. Let me me do this. Let me do this. Uh, Yes, A, yes, and B, no. A, yes, because people increasingly just want him to stand for something. And while he doesn't stand for something particularly, he just lays, all he does is kind of change his mind on things. And he gives Rishi Sunak a massive open goal to talk about 
Captain Hindsight or Captain U-Turn or whatever it is saying you can't trust him to believe in anything because he did support Jeremy Corbyn. He did say he wanted Jeremy Corbyn to be prime minister. And now he says he wants to get rid of all Corbyn things. He's he's flip-flopped on the 38 billion. He has changed his mind on so many things. But also, B, (laughs) he gets into trouble when he starts announcing policies. Because the like Rachel Reeves came out and said they're not going to change the uh, banker's bonus cap this week. They're not going to reinstate it. And a lot of Labour people like, but we're the Labour Party and mm. that's been our policy forever. And we we want to raise taxes and we want we want things to be fair. And she and, and Rachel Reeves was like, no, no, no. We're the party of the city. We're championing the city. We want the city to bring growth into our country. And that really pissed off a lot of Labour people. So he's he's damned if he does announce policies because his policies, he wants to be centrist. He wants his policies to appeal to previous conservative voters. But he's also got to appease the Labour left who are quite strong voiced. So he he's, he's really difficult for him to bring out policies. And it's also difficult if he doesn't. Yeah. He's in a very tricky position. He's almost certainly still going to win the election, whatever he promises, but he's in a really tricky position. But Keir Stormer wants to be in power. He, you know, he, he wants to be PM. And at the end of the day, I think he would take that whatever reason people are voting for. <laughs> so yeah. he wants to be in a position to get his policies when we eventually see them through you know well yeah and that's it yeah that's it if if you're not in power none of your promises mean anything at all yeah you don't get to make any changes to anything if you're on the opposition benches so Mm. you've got to say i mean tony blair talks about this because new labor is obviously much more centrist than 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 neil kinnock's old labor if you're not in power it doesn't mean anything you have to win power I mean, the election is probably going to be eight months away. It could be 11 months away. So a lot can change in that time. It seems silly to me to make loads of policies now and then have to change them, especially when you're being told you're flip-flopping all over the place. So yeah. they, these they were policies selling, will come. They were selling Keir Starmer flip-flops exactly. at the Conservative Party conference. Yeah. Dale has asked... <laughs> I see people suggesting that it's unlikely the the UK will see the Tories in power beyond this year and potentially have a form of Labour government, yet people are suggesting the country is becoming more right-wing, maybe based off uh, some of the European com- uh, countries moving more to the right. How is this the case? You want to take that one? I mean, I'll start us off, and then I'm sure Diane's got some interesting things to say. I think that... Um it's a really good question, Dale. I think that the one of the reasons the Conservatives are in real trouble is, is the rise of reform. There are polls coming out at the moment that reform are on 12%, and the Conservatives are only on 21 22% in the polls. If Nigel Farage comes back, we could see reform on an equal footing to the Conservative Party in, na- in national polls. But added together, that would possibly stop a Labour government and reform are much more right-wing than the Conservative Party. So in totality, I think you can say 
that the country is more right-wing. And also, don't forget, like we were just saying, the Labour Party have moved to the right from where they were. So in order to win, you have to be centrist at least, and maybe, maybe to the right. I think that if you ask people about small boats, the Rwanda policy is more popular than not having the Rwanda policy. That's why Rishi Sunak is going for it so much, because it's a popular policy in the country, and that is a right-wing policy. So the public doesn't have to be all right-wing all the time, but if but but we feel like we're more moving to the right if we support these extreme, more extreme policies as one-offs. I mean, the pub, like you know, the public is still very much against capital punishment, for example, which is another very white right-wing thing. We're still very socially liberal. We're all very happy with you know gay marriage, for example. The majority of people are happy with same-sex couples doing whatever they want. I mean, there's a, there's an issue around trans where the country is not quite so comfortable and is quite split about things. But we are socially quite liberal. And yet some of our policies, some of the policies we back are quite right-wing. So it's hard to say we are a more right-wing country, but I can understand why people might think that. Mm. And certainly watching the Conservative Party and pockets of that, there's definitely more noise coming from the right of the party at, mm. at the minute, isn't there, than, than there would have been mm. when yeah. when Boris Johnson first came in, for example. So that's... I think I think they're 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 in trouble finding their niche because if Labour mm. are right in the centre mm-hmm. and Reform are right in the right, mm. they've got to go somewhere. And if Labour are mostly united or mm-hmm. mostly keeping their trap shut while Keir Starmer does his thing, the papers are always going to focus on Conservative rebels because they're making a noise, and the Conservative rebels are the ones on the right. Because Rishi Sunak wants to be in the centre as well, because yeah. you win elections in the centre. In the centre, yeah. 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 Yeah, so it's your Suella Bravermans, basically. That are, yeah. Yeah, very interesting. I'm sure we'll hear more and more about where the country is this year through polling and things like that. For now, let's move on to the third section. So this is the point of the podcast where we look in particular at what a politician's been up to. But this week we're looking at all of them. It's PMQ Watch. Tatten. Okay, uh, we've got to be quite brief here. So I will try and say this quickly. We are, as I said at the top, looking at what we do and what election year means and what SP should be doing during election year. And an example of how negative and terrible politics is and is going to be for the next 11 months, maybe, oh God, it was PMQs. We, we decided to particularly watch PMQs together. We always watch it together, but, but watch it together focused on, on what a shit show the whole thing is. It's noisy. I mean, just just the way MPs just cheer and shout mm. and um, like, who behaves like that? And just name calling and the Prime Minister just not answering questions and questions being framed in a way that the Prime Minister can't answer them. There's no attempt to have clear scrutiny and conversation. The whole thing breaks down. Mm. Right. Lots of people love that. 
because the newspapers can print it and lots of other Instagram pages or whatever, like reddish in it. But we want to be different because what we offer is positivity. What we offer is an insight into what's actually going on. All of that is just noise, metaphorical noise and literal noise, right? We want to focus on the heart of things and we want to give people a space where they can engage with the politics, but without the nonsense. And we are having a conversation, the three of us, about what that means. I suggested earlier in the week that we had a no negativity rule where we just didn't report on anything negative. We just promoted the policy ideas from each party to give you a refuge from all that nonsense. It's what, it's what we did really well at COVID. Mm. At COVID, we just focused on what the restrictions were and people loved that. And I think it was, it was an honor and a privilege to be able to help people in that way. But then if you don't comment on anything negative, then you're not scrutinizing people maybe as much. And it's really tricky. I mean, Diane, what were you saying? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think I've been roined in a 360 on this so many times this week in my head <laughs> because... You know, it really does drag me down when I see politics being like PMQs was on Wednesday at 12 p.m., right? And I don't want that. I want to hear good ideas about stuff and other ideas and differing ideas and views and debates. And that's just not the setup at the minute. But there's something that I keep coming back to, which is, and people have said this in comments, almost like they they want to know how bad it is. <laughs> they want mm. to they they want to know, you know, that to get a flavour of that name calling because actually that could make or break how you feel about someone. You know, it's about if you've got a politician taking a stand and who isn't stooping to those levels and who is articulate and who keeps it calm and then then that's great and if there are others who are being really puerile and you know then maybe we should know that stuff but it's hard to post on an absence mm. it's hard to mm. post and say oh didn't i don't know <laughs> so and so do so and so uh <laughs> stay nice and calm <laughs> yeah yeah Right? That's that's really hard to do. So you're giving the noisiest, mm. more, you know, like as a teacher, it's really hard not to focus on the naughty child. Yeah. On the child that's yes. displaying yes. poor behavior because they're the one that takes up your time and then the, the rest just kind of sat there. Charlotte, what do you think? I mean, if I can get out of watching PMQs at this point, I do because it's everything that I hate about politics and I think it's everything that. SP doesn't like about politics because it is this adversarial just trying to get in sound bites just trying to slag off all the other parties there's no actual proper discussion proper you know questioning or anything like that I think it is just the worst part of the um, commons 
calendar at the moment. Uh, yeah. So, but I, I do, I do think that we can't just post on, you know, all the all the good bits because there are bad bits, and I think that is important to post too. So long as, because this is the thing, I think a lot of other outlets post the bad bits for kind of clickbait, just to get engagement. Yeah, people love that. Yeah. Oh, so and so called so and so or something something, like whoa. Oh. We're not about I mean, that. yeah, Nicola Sturgeon called um, Boris Johnson a fucking clown. Yeah. And that went, and then there were other pages that just went big on that. It's like, yeah. it doesn't, you got one former first minister and one former prime minister. Like, it's just playgrounds. Yeah, exactly. So th- th- I think there's a balance to be struck. I think at, at this point, we've got to move on because because we've already been talking too long. Mm. Um Honestly, the three of us, I would really like to know what you think about this. Please drop us a DM, and that can be to SP where Charlotte will read it. That can be to my page, Tatton Spiller. You can email me, Tatton at simplepolitics.co.uk, uh, or Charlotte at simplepolitics.co.uk, or Diana at simplepolitics.co.uk. Yeah. We want to know what you think. Would you like a positive only? Would you like... A, some more debate would you like would you do, do you actually want a flavor of the names that are being called everything right now is up in the air this is a big year for sp it's a big year everything's up in the air and we want to make our plans with you in mind so please drop us a line let us know what you think we're not we're, not, we're i can't promise you we'll do exactly what you say but i, I would like your voice in the mix so please do drop us a line Yes, please let us know. So that's all going on at the moment. But what is going to happen in the future? It's the crystal ball time. Tatten, what's in your crystal ball? Uh, in my crystal ball um, is uh, just lots of stressing about what on earth 2024 means for SP. Um, I, I, I'll just keep making these kind of posts and whiteboards and things and sending them to the team. And uh, kind of late, late, late at night for me, like 8.30, sending <laughs> sending DMs uh, to the team and uh, all that stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm consumed with it. And um, that's my future. That'll be my crystal ball next week too, I presume, and the week after. We'll see. <laughs> Diane, what's in your crystal ball? Okay, so in terms of some pol- politics stuff happening, just expect lots of campaigning if you are in uh, Kingswood or Wellingborough next week because you're heading into a by-election the day after Valentine's Day on the 15th of Feb and we will be reporting back on the outcomes of those. They're two previously conservative, well, not previously co- they were conservative seats <laughs> and um, we, we're not sure how they're going to end up. It's quite an interesting couple of uh, votes to watch. But we are also heading into recess at the end of next week. It's half term for a lot of people around the country. So we've got a short week, four days in Parliament. So probably a lot to pack in. So, yeah, see what next week brings. Yeah, we will be back next week telling you what did happen. But that's all we've got time for this week. So thank you very much, Tatten and Diane. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, lovely listener. Bye. Bye. Bye, 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 bye.
just heard a stripped media production. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revelhorwood, Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.